1: What's going on everybody, it is Saturday, February 21st, Uh, pretty much an NBA field edition of Sports Talk, we're going to be doing our mid-season awards, and of course uh, Thursday's trade deadline was so crazy that you cannot talk about it, so uh, I'm Brad of course, your host, and I'm joined by my boy Dave, Dave what's going on man?
0: Hey, what's up, dude? Just uh, just chilling out here, looking out the window at uh, all the snow that we still have left over from the big storm that we had earlier this week. Uh, hopefully you're a little bit warmer out there on the West Coast.
1: Huh. Too warm. It's like, it, it was <laughs> almost in the 80s, and it's still February, so it's kind of a weird weather, but uh, that's just California for you. You never know how the weather's going to be. It's very bipolar,
0: so, I said it could be like that here, too, yeah,
1: I don't mind it, Um, but I, I personally, I like the rain, of course, it doesn't snow here, so I don't ever get to see the snow, the nasty rain, so, but, I wish it would snow here, I, I think it snowed here once, like in 1997, I was only a year old, so, (laughs) <laughs> obviously i didn't get to see it <laughs> maybe one day i'll get lucky again but
0: okay, it, maybe in the next 20 years will come around oh
1: you know <laughs> sometimes it gets so cold but then it's not raining so there's not even a chance for it to, to even try to snow
2: right
1: but it is what it is I, i'm i'm sure i'll see the snow one day but <laughs> but anyways uh <laughs> Like I said, it's going to be pretty much an NBA field edition because last or not last week, two weeks ago, and uh, even the week before that, or the show before that, there was supposed to be more NBA talk, and it kind of end up getting into um, more NFL discussions and stuff. So this this week, it's not going to be like that because we do have a pretty stacked show as far as uh, the NBA goes. And first, I, I think we're going to end up doing the uh, awards last or maybe not last, but uh, after we discussed some of these trades that went down, because, I mean, it was crazy. There was, like, 11 trades in, like within uh, the last hour of the trade deadline, which me personally, I love the trade deadline in the NBA because in the NFL you don't really see too many trades go down. But the NBA is so different. You got teams trading like crazy, Like but, la- like, last year there was no action. It was, like, one or two trades and that was it. So, um some key players, too, actually. Goran Dragic from uh, Phoenix pretty much uh, wanted his way out of uh, out of that team. And he said he wanted to either play for the Lakers, the Knicks, or the Miami Heat. First of all, I don't know why the hell you would say you want to play for the Lakers.
0: <laughs> or the Knicks, for that matter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the Knicks are actually worse, so. But uh, he, he ended up getting traded to the uh, Miami Heat. And Miami really didn't have to give up too much. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, you had uh, – actually it was him and his brother, but his brother never plays. He's kind of just one of those bench warmer type guys. But uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who knows, Miami might actually use him. Who knows? Um, but Miami actually didn't have to give up too much. I think they gave up like Danny Granger, Norris Cole, two guys that really haven't played that much. Um, And you get a a star point guard in Goran Dragic, but let's be honest, Miami hasn't had a real point guard since, I don't even know how long it's been, since LeBron, I guess you could say LeBron was their point guard. Um, But Dragic's now in Miami, but unfortunately, Chris Bosh is now out for the season with blood clots in his lungs. Uh... I'm telling you, man, it seems like there's a lot of players getting this this year. Problems with these uh, blood clots. Right. Um, but as far as the trade goes, I think it was a great trade for Miami, but now that you lost Bosch, and uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't – it kind of makes you think if they had this news earlier, if they would have still made this trade. Because right. obviously Pat Riley is that guy that's like – I mean, he always seems to to get stars on his team. But you think maybe he would have held off if this happened, because now you have Dragic. but is it going to be enough to – because they're fighting for the eighth spot. You know, they're fighting with, I think it's Brooklyn or um, might be another team. But, I mean, what was your, your thoughts on uh, Drazic going to Miami? Because now if you look at it, Bosch is out so then now they're they only have two star players
2: yeah um I mean I think that was a
0: case of you know they wanted to go out and get somebody uh you know they could make some noise this year um you know they know the window for them probably isn't going to be open for for too long and and uh you know if Bosch was still there you know you're just now getting uh Dwayne Wade hopefully uh healthy again uh maybe you know hopefully he gets to play a little bit um uh, you know, so I think, yeah, that was definitely a move I think they were making for, for this season to try to make them run. Um, like you said, they're right there in that, that last playoff spot. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple teams that are, you know, a game, a half a game below them uh, for that spot. Um, but, yeah, I'm losing Bosch, and that's a big hit. I'm not sure uh, if they can really hang on and do anything without him, uh, like you said. So uh, the timing of it, I think, just it just doesn't work out for them. I think it was a good trade. If they have Boston, if they had all the pieces together, uh, you know, they might have been able to make a little bit of noise down the season. Uh but like you said, just the timing of finding that out. You know, that you're not gonna have your, your big man in the middle, uh, and then went out and made this trade. Uh, I don't think they do that ahead of time. Uh, and I think that would really that, that really gonna end up hurting them, uh down the line. And, and we'll have to see if if Droudgits is the the kind of uh piece that they can hang on to for a while, you know, and maybe make them part of of the future of the club, uh, you know, however, however they're going to go. Uh, I think we're all pretty sure Dwayne Wade's not going to be, be hanging around forever. His body already seems to be breaking down on him a little bit. Uh, and then Boss with the with the blood clots and everything—you never you know what's going to happen with that. So uh, the team with their the future is kind of kind of hanging up in the air right now. And it'll be interesting to see where they go from here and what they do, uh, you know, moving forward. And if they're able to hang on to that playoff spot. Uh, how far they can go or how much noise they can make.
1: Well, th- that was the whole point of this trade was that they wanted to – because obviously if you look, they're fighting for that spot, like I said. So if you get a, a guy like Drajic who – he is a star player. I mean, he's, I, I wouldn't say he's a superstar, obviously, but he is a star. Um, and now you kind of look at it and you say, well, Miami might not be able to make any noise at all. Right. Now, Bosh, he's their perimeter big man, which – I mean, you have Whiteside, who's kind of come out of nowhere. But how how is he going to be good forever? or Is he kind of just one of those guys that's going to be good for a little while and then he kind of just fades away? So you just don't know. And then, like you said, Dwayne Wade, he can't ever seem to play more than what five games at a time.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's spent probably as much time on the injured list so far this year as he <laughs> as he has on the active roster. So you know, and that's nice, you know the last couple of years, has been like that for him. So. You know how much more does he really have left in the
2: tank?
1: Well, you know it firsthand. I mean, he, he's on your fantasy team, and you—I I don't know how many times I've seen that day to day. I name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm never, never quite sure with him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he is back now. But who knows for how long? You just don't know. Right. This, this guy's—I mean—but I still kind of go with that conspiracy that that these players are resting. But. Who knows? You, you'll never know. But uh, Dwayne's had problems. It's pretty much since what last few years with injuries, so not really yeah. surprising. But uh, anyways, on to the other trade. Kevin Garnett is headed back to Minnesota, where he's where pretty much it all began for him. Uh, there have been, you know, he he said in the past that he wants to own this team one day. Hmm. So, I mean, obviously Brooklyn didn't really. Use him all that much, um, and they and they ended up getting a pretty good power forward in Thaddeus Young. So uh, I actually think he will help their uh, team more than Garnett did. Uh, but I mean, is is it nice to see Garnett back where it all started? Because obviously he's he he doesn't have much more time to play. This dude is he he's at the end of his career. It's obvious. Uh, but since you're a Brooklyn fan, do you like the? Uh, the acquisition
0: of Thaddeus Young. Uh, I like the acquisition of Thaddeus Young short term. Um, I'm not quite so sure long term because he's going to be he's going to be worth a lot of money. I think uh, uh, probably 10 million dollars uh, along the lines of that next year. Um, so for a team that's already uh, has some salary issues and is probably going to have to drop some more players, uh, you know, to begin with, you, you have to wonder what's uh, what saddling them with another ten million dollars is that he's only gonna do for them long term, uh, you know, if they're gonna be able to keep him around or not. Uh I agree with you with, you know, Garnett. He's, he wasn't a piece they were really using that much anyway. Uh and you know, it's definitely a feel good story to see him go back to go back to Minnesota. We always like to see something like that happen. Uh you know, where a guy can can play out the rest of his career and retire with the team uh team where he started. So uh, I think that's good. It's good for the people of Minnesota. Um you know, I know the team's not very good right now. But uh, you know, at least that's that's something they can they can cheer about a little bit, they have their guy back. Uh so that'll be good to them good for them. Uh you know, I'm just I'm like you said, I, as a Brooklyn fan, I'm not sure what the team what they're doing. Uh right now they've been trying to move uh actually they've been trying to move Brook Lopez for uh, pretty much all season, uh and got all the way up to the deadline and weren't able to make anything happen there. Uh but uh, you know, it seems like it was a team that was put together to win uh basically last year looked like uh what they what they were trying to do and now it's kind of all falling apart on them. and uh you know, they just they have salary issues and I'm not sure what the team's gonna look like going forward. Uh so long term probably probably not all that great. Maybe it'll help them in the short term, maybe they can sneak into that. Uh that last playoff spot, uh, you know, it remains to be seen. Uh but yeah, overall, you know, I feel good for good for Garnett and good for Minnesota, and that that'll be good for for him and good for that team and good for that fan base as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see Garnett retire and kind of take some kind of a role in the front office with this team. I just I think it's kind of just ironic that his career is almost. I mean, it, like we said, you know, it's 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 over pretty much and to see him go back to this team after he's said in the past that he does want to own this team one day. Um, I, I could honestly not, obviously not see him buying the team, uh, but I can see him uh, taking some kind of role in the front office and maybe even become the head coach. Who knows? Um, but anyways, here's here's a, another trade that really surprised me. Uh, it was between uh, Phoenix, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. Uh, Brandon Knight, who's had a great season so far for uh, Milwaukee, they ended up trading him to the Phoenix Suns, um, and Milwaukee ended up getting uh, Michael Carter Williams and Miles Plumlee from Phoenix, um, and Philadelphia just got draft picks. Something that they've been doing for the last few years. That I don't understand what the what the heck they're trying to do here. Uh, they they don't get any players in return. They trade away. Uh, arguably their best player that they had. Um, so it's kind of strange to see. I, I don't really understand what direction Philadelphia is going in, but uh, I think Phoenix losing uh, Drogic and now getting uh, Brandon Knight is pretty much, I mean, he's not quite as good as Dragic, but he is a really good replacement. Um, but as far as Philadelphia, I just don't know, man. It's kind of weird. They've been doing this for, the, like I said, the last few years. Are they trading players and not getting anything in return but draft picks? And these draft picks are old. I mean, they're for – or not old, but they're um, future draft picks, which I think one of them was like 2018 or something like that. So
2: right.
1: kind of uh, strange. But, I mean, what do you take away from this whole trade for all three of these teams? Uh, well,
2: it's,
0: it's good for uh... – uh, like you said, good for Phoenix. Uh, they, you know, they get a good piece uh, there, especially after after uh, you know some of the guys they lost. So, uh, you know, good good trade for them. I think Wright will be he'll be a good player uh, in their system, and uh, you know they've got a good team there. So, so we'll, we'll end up doing well. Uh, and I think Milwaukee makes out pretty good too. They get some good young talent uh, that they're going to need as well. Uh, uh, like you said, the the big question mark in the middle of the whole thing is philadelphia and uh i have no idea what they're doing either uh to be honest with you like you say they just they seem to every year they take what little talent they have they trade it away for for future draft picks and then they make those picks and then they trade those guys away for more draft picks and then they'll trade those guys away for more draft picks and so it's it's, it's like a rebuilding but it's a rebuilding that never ends uh in Philadelphia, and it's it's really quite baffling when you think about it. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what the end game is. There, you keep, can keep stockpiling draft picks, uh, but sooner or later, you're going to have to get the talent on your team, or uh, you know, your fan base isn't going to turn out and, and, and continue to support you. Uh, and I know the Philly fans are are loyal to their team. Uh, I'm sure they've got to be getting frustrated a little bit uh, by what's going on, as every every young piece of talent that they seem to get on that team just ends up somewhere else, you know, to somebody, a playoff contender who needs something, uh, and then they get some, some draft picks in return that they don't do anything with. So, uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's not a really great way to build a future of your franchise. Uh, like you said, it's been going on for uh, years and years now, it seems. Uh, and you think at some point, you know, they'd have to say – you know, this is our plan going forward. This is what we're going to do with these picks. These are the players that we have, and, and we're going to try to do something with them. Uh, and they just they haven't done that yet.
1: Yeah, this it's kind of just a weird situation altogether. Um, Carter Williams was one of their picks that they've got from another team uh, when they did this the same thing that they just did Thursday.
2: Exactly. Um,
1: and to trade Carter Williams, I don't even understand why they would trade him. Uh, he's only in his second season. Uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: he's,
1: he's shown great potential, and then he and traded him, him. Year
0: last year, right? Uh, yeah, not mistaken. So.
1: Yeah, he was.
0: So. You know, it, it's like, what are you, what are you doing with these, with these picks? You're picking good, good talent, and then you're trading away for more picks. I just, <laughs> I don't yeah.
1: get it. Uh, I guess they're just tanking. I mean, it, that's the only way I can see it.
2: Yeah, they've been tanking for like two or three years now. It's just ridiculous.
1: There's nobody on this team. If you look at the roster, there's, there's no, not even close to a star on this team. No. Mm-mm. So I don't understand. I mean, I don't even see them winning very many games, if any. There's no good players on this team, and I, I don't understand. But maybe they're just trying to get a good, uh, you know, get the first pick and take. Whoever's supposed to be first this year, haven't even really been paying that much attention. Um, but huh. who knows? Uh, it's just kind of a, a weird situation. But, anyways, uh, moving on. Reggie Jackson, backup point guard, former backup point guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder, has been kind of, uh, well, he started early in the season when Westbrook went out with the the hand injury, and he he showed a lot of... uh, I mean, he is a good player, but he thinks he is you know, a superstar which he's not um, which is kind of I don't really understand um, this trade that Oklahoma City made because if you look at it or not Oklahoma City um, Detroit Reggie Jackson, to me he's not a superstar player and you ended up giving up Kyle Singler, who is a pretty uh, – I thought he was pretty good. He's a good outside shooter, a uh, good defender. DJ Augustine, thank you very much. You just messed up my fantasy team. Uh, now he's he's sitting on the bench behind Westbrook, so probably not going to get much production out of him. Um, but Oklahoma City did – I mean, they got obviously the better end of this deal. It was a three-team trade with uh, Utah as well. Uh, Oklahoma City gets Inez Cancer, Steve Novak, D.J. Augustine, Kyle Singler. Uh, Utah ended up getting Kendrick Perkins and Grant Jarrett, uh, two players that never play hardly. Um, Kendrick Perkins actually was bought out of his contract today, and he's going to be signing with Cleveland. So um, Utah didn't get anything. They had Perkins, and they ended up buying him out, and he's gone. So they here's another Philadelphia team that traded away one of their best players in cancer and goes to Oklahoma City. And as you were saying earlier, Oklahoma City was the team that was trying to get Brooke Lopez. Right. Uh, they were making a – I mean, I from what everybody was saying, it was really close. And it would have been Brooklyn that ended up getting Reggie Jackson. So uh, it, it was – from what everybody said, it was like almost there. And I'm guessing one of the two teams uh, wanted too much or – didn't want to give somebody up, so they went in another direction. So now Brooklyn, they kind of just got, um, I don't know, they they took a lesser deal from Minnesota, but either way, this this deal is okay. But, I mean, what's your thoughts on Reggie Jackson? Do you think he's as good as he says he is, and do you think he'll have a good impact on Detroit? Uh,
0: I think he's good. I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. Um, and I've seen a lot of people who uh, have said, you know, a lot of, you know, great things about him. And, uh, you know, they think very, very highly of him. Uh, so, you know, I, I, get, I can see, you know, maybe Detroit falling for the hype a little bit and, and then picking up a guy they think is going to be able to help him out. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's a good player. Um, he'll fill the role. Uh, he's not going to be, like you said, he's not going to be that superstar guy, Uh you know, top of top of the uh, top of your team, you know, talent type of guy. Uh, you know, more more of a, a role player. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how he ends up being with the, with Detroit. Uh, you know, I agree with you that Oklahoma City got the better of the deal. They they add some depth uh, to their bench. They add some outside shooting. Uh, you know, which is going to be key coming down the stretch. Uh, so a good deal for them. And then, like you said, Utah. Uh, they were the team that was, you know, they were just kind of there. They were the, you know, we need a third team to make this deal happen, and uh, you know, they said we'll take Kendra Perkins off your hands, and you know, we're not going to keep him anyway. So, you know, it's no real big, big sweat to us, kind of kind of deal. Uh, you know, it wasn't the kind of trade that's going to going to get them, you know, up in, in in playoff position or anything like that. Uh, they were just kind of the third wheel there, and they needed somebody else to help help make that deal work. Uh, but uh, it should end up being a good good deal for uh, Oklahoma City, and uh, and if Jackson can live up to uh, to some of his potential, it should it should end up being a decent
2: uh,
0: decent enough deal for Detroit as well. Uh, but that that remains to be seen. Uh, not as impressed with him as he is uh, himself, obviously. But uh, like I said, I've seen a lot of people say a lot of a lot of good things about him, so uh, and we'll see how he ends up doing there.
1: Yeah. I... I agree with you. I don't think he's as good as he says he is, but who knows? Maybe he'll shock everybody and put up great numbers. I mean, he was putting yeah, up good numbers in Oklahoma. Yeah,
0: he
2: yeah he's a good player. Yeah. Definitely a good player. Yeah. Mm.
1: And But it, it's kind of interesting to see uh, next season when Brandon Jennings comes back from injury, right. what, they, what they do with that. Because obviously Jennings was their guy, that point guard. Now you got Jackson, and mm. you don't know, I mean, maybe – they trade Jennings or something like that goes down or maybe they uh do a you know Jennings at point guard and Jackson at shooting guard. Who knows? They could do something like that. Um just be interesting to see what where that goes. Um but anyways, uh just two more trades I wanted to talk about and then we'll get to our uh, our NBA mid awards. And the first one is uh Portland adding a ton of depth to their uh to their team. Um, they got Aaron Aflalo from Denver, uh, the sharpshooter. He's a he's pretty much known for his three point uh shooting ability. And I think this was a great move for uh for Portland. This adds a ton of depth. Um you got Damian Lillard, you got Lamarcus Aldridge, you got Wesley Matthews, you got all these guys and now you add a guy like Aflalo to your bench. Um and I, I think he's gonna be a huge asset coming off the bench. And even when he gets to the playoffs, this is a guy that can really change a game. Um, And all that Portland had to get rid of was Thomas Robinson, Will Barton, and another nobody player. So uh, they really got a great deal here. Um, And it was rumored that Apollo was going to end up getting traded um, before the deadline. So to me, this is probably one of the best trades of the day uh, because of Portland adding so much depth. I, I honestly think that a Aflalo will be a game-changer come playoff time, uh, especially off the bench. Um, you know, they have a ton of depth. So, to me, this was one of the best trades. Um, Denver kind of got a good good couple pieces. Thomas Robinson, I think, is a very underrated player. But as far as the, the trade in general goes, I think uh, Portland definitely won this trade. Uh, no, no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, so uh, you know this is
0: one of those trades where uh, you know I think in the long run it's it's going to help uh, it's going to help out both teams. Um, like you said, uh, a follow was going to move uh, anyway, so you know it's not like he was going to be sticking around Denver uh, to begin with. So they were able to get a get a couple of pieces for him, Uh and that's good. And like you said, he he adds depth, he adds shooting to uh to a, a really strong Portland team uh, there that, that's uh, I believe leading the division right now and, and in line for one of those top three. Uh, season, in Western Conference playoffs, uh, so you know always good to good to add more depth uh, to a team like that uh, if you can. You know, heading towards towards the, the playoffs. Uh, so like I said, I think he'll be he'll be a good piece coming off the bench. Uh, you know, good shooter, good scorer, uh, kind of guy that can really really help them out and uh, uh, and be a be a, a solid contributor to that team. Uh, so I like I like the trade for both teams. I think it works out. Uh, you know, in, in everybody's favor in that case.
1: Right. Um, good trade. Portland, obviously, I think won this trade, obviously. Um, but you never know. Like I said, I think Thomas Robinson's a very underrated player. I watched him when he played for Sacramento, um, and I thought he's not really having, you know, was given a, a good enough chance to really prove himself on the on the court. Um, but I, I do think he is a very, very underrated player and he is starter. He, he could be a starter in the league, no doubt. Um, so it should be interesting to see how Denver uses him. Um, and then the last trade I wanted to talk about was a three team trade with, uh, the Celtics Suns, and, uh, Pistons. Uh, Isaiah Thomas guy that signed with Phoenix in the off season ended up not making it a whole season with the team. He ended up getting traded to, uh, Boston, um, a few players from Detroit, Jonas Jarebko, and uh, some guy's name I can't even say uh, because I, it's a very strange name. <laughs> um, so pretty much two uh, bench players, and they end up getting a pretty, I think, uh, a good scorer. Isaiah Thomas is a good scorer. He's not really much of a, he's not really a true point guard. He's more of just a, you know, he likes to shoot the ball, but he is a great player. Um, I watched him. Another guy that I watched in Sacramento. Um, it's to see him leave, but, um, I, Phoenix is, they had so much depth at point guard, and that's one of the reasons, uh, Drodic wanted out, is because he wasn't handling the ball enough, he, he said he's good with the, handling the ball, um, you know, you, you already have Eric Bledsoe, and now you got Brandon Knight, so it, it does make sense to get rid of some of that depth, um, and Detroit ended up getting, uh, Tayshaun Prince, another guy that goes back to his original roots, um. Marcus Thornton heads to Phoenix, and a first-round pick also goes to Phoenix. Um, So good trade. I I think Detroit, um, Tayshaun Prince, he's not really obviously the player that he once was, but he still adds some some depth to their bench. So good trade for all three teams, Um, but I, I think Boston definitely won this one by getting Isaiah Thomas.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um uh it's kinda of interesting, um, the way that Boston's been been dealing uh most of the season. They they had been uh kind of shedding most of their, their decent players and kinda of looking to, you know, maybe maybe put it in the tank and uh, you know, play for a, a better draft pick and kind of kind of start their rebuilding process as well. Uh so it it's kinda of interesting to see them co in pulling uh you know, a talent uh, like Isaiah Thomas uh but I like him. I think he's a, he's a good fit. Uh, He'll be a good player in Boston. Good pickup for them. Uh, like you said, good good trade for Phoenix because uh, you know they had a part that basically they they weren't going to be using as much uh, with the depth that they have a point guard. Uh, so you know they they got some something in return for him, uh, which is good for them. Uh, uh, and then Detroit uh, probably didn't make out quite as well. Uh, like you said, the Payton Prince does, goes it was back home basically uh, to where he started out. So. Uh, you know, good, feel-good story there, uh, something else, and we will give them a little bit of depth off the bench. Uh, so, yeah, not, not a bad trade all around. Uh and pretty good for Phoenix, and uh, like you said, really good, I think, for Boston. Yeah, um, I
1: I think Phoenix really did panic, I think, because I don't think they really saw Dragic uh, asking, you know, asking for a trade. I mean, he kind of did at the last second. Right. So they kind of panicked, and I think... Uh, Maybe they, they, I mean, they, you have to realize that they had so many point guards, and they're all point guards that have the, you know, they're good enough to start. So you mm-hmm. have these guys that, you know, it was just, they were just way too um, stacked at point guard. They had to get rid of some of them. Uh, so I think right. with Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight playing together, that's a perfect combination. Now you got rid of Thomas. So, you, you know, you, you got basically the, Standard amount of point guards. Uh, right. I saw I saw Phoenix sign all these point guards, um, and I'm like, what the heck are they thinking? I mean, yeah. it, these guys are all you know worth, worthy of starting. And you know, one of them is going to be unhappy. So, right. um, unfortunately, they had to end up trading two of them. Um, but they, like I said, they do get Brandon Knight. So I, I think they uh, they're not going to be too bad off. Uh, yeah. So, anyways. That's pretty much going to do with it. The rest of the trades were kind of just a couple, you know, cap-clearing deals. So, uh, anyways, now we're going to get into our mid-season awards, something I've been waiting for. Um, For a couple weeks now, we're going to be going through the uh, Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year, Most Improved Player, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and MVP. So... I'll let you go ahead and start first, and let's do – let's start off with, let's say, the most improved player. Who you got?
0: All right, and you have to bear with me a little bit. Uh, I had some notes all typed up on this, and I'm having some password issues, so I can't get into my computer here. Uh, So I don't have any any access to anything, so I'm going to try to pull these out of my head, uh, (laughs) if I can remember.
2: I'll
0: I'll do the best I can. I, I think I have most of them. Uh, uh say up here. I might have a, a little hiccup here and there. Uh, but as far as uh, a most improved player of the year, uh, this one I think was actually uh, it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, I think a lot of people are, are going to have the same thoughts, uh, uh, and that would be Jimmy Butler, uh, of the Chicago Bulls, uh, who is just you know a hundred percent better player this year than than he was last year. Uh, you know the guy was kind of he was more of a complimentary type uh role player uh in the seasons past and he's kinda of blossomed into a into a star player uh right now and really making a big name for himself. Uh, uh has been has been you know, just, just lighting it up for the Bulls. Uh like I said, I have I had all the stats and everything down uh, there, so I don't I don't have those off the top of my head. Uh but I know he's he's been uh playing incredibly well, uh and has has picked up his game you know, 110 percent from where it was last year. Uh, the guy's just been been tremendous so far this season, uh, so that's why I'll deal with him for most free player this year.
1: Hey, it happens. I I think uh, what was it when we first were doing Cowboys Confidential? I think I had the same problem. I lost all my notes.
2: Yeah.
1: I didn't know what to say. I, I I had everything written down. I was kind of kind of panicked, but it happens. Um, but I do agree with you actually. I did pick Jimmy Butler and I luckily I did write down uh his stats. And last season, if you look at his numbers last season, he only averaged thir- 13 points a game. This season he's averaging 20 points a game, so that's a 7 point mm-hmm. difference. Um, 6 rebounds, uh, 2 steals.
0: I know his shooting percentage his uh, three point shooting percentage, his free throw percentage I think are all uh way way up. Uh close to probably 10% up in 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 most of those categories. So, I mean, the guy's just completely turned his game oh, around. It's uh, He's been, been fantastic so far this year.
1: Oh, no doubt. And I, I think he's going to be a big uh, factor in their playoff push come uh, April. But what I really think is, be, obviously, he, he's in his contract year. So when you're in your contract year, you're going to try to play better so you can get paid. If you're averaging 13 points a game, you're not going to get a max contract. So he really stepped up his game. He, he's really helped the team uh, succeed this season. Obviously, in years past, he was known more for his defense. This year, he's totally integrated his offense into the uh, into his game to really help this team. And then he added guys like Pau Gasol, and you got Derrick Rose, obviously, who when you have a good team around you, it, it motivates you to play better. Um, obviously, he worked on his shot last season, or this off-season, I should say. Uh, he's improved pretty much in every category that there is. Um, so I think it was a no-brainer. Um, I couldn't even really think of anybody else to put on that list. Um, so Jimmy Butler for sure. So we both agree on that. Um, next would be, let's see, let's go with the sixth man of the year. Um, I'll go first on this one. I went with Lou Williams off of uh, Toronto he's always been known for uh, his scoring ability he's a great three point shooter um, he's averaging fifteen points uh, a little bit over one steal per game thirty four percent from the free uh, from three point line um, if you watch his game if you watch any Toronto game you see this guy come into the game he he just he hardly ever misses he's a great three point shooter he gives the team a lot of depth off the bench. Um, and you can pretty much credit most of their uh, success to him because he is, uh, when you have somebody like that coming off your bench, it allows you to rest your your starters knowing that you have a great scorer like Lou Williams going off your bench, um, scoring 15 points a game. I mean, that is, you don't see too many bench players scoring over really 12 points a game. So, uh, and he's had multiple 30 point games this season. So that's another crazy stat. Um, so I'll let you go ahead and go with your sixth man of the year. All
0: right. Um, and uh, I, I considered, uh, Lou Williams, uh, as well, uh, for mine, because like you said, he's, he's been such a great, uh, great hand coming off the bench and a big part of the success that, that, that Toronto, uh, has had this year. Um, so he was one of the two, uh, up at the top of my list, uh. Uh, but I think I had to go with uh with Marquise Spates uh this year. Um uh, the the uh the way he's been playing uh off the bench uh for Golden State uh has been a big big part of their success that they've had so far this season as well. Um uh he just you know, he's another guy who can come off the bench, he can, you know, pour in uh twenty points for you if you need him. he's gonna play solid defense for you, uh coming in. Um Ah, see, this is another one where I wish I had the stats on hand, uh, and I
2: don't.
0: <laughs> <So> I <kept> said <laughs> back, back a lot of this up with, with numbers. Um, uh, But I think uh, he was averaging something like, uh, you know, in about 18 minutes a game. I think if you had uh, multiplied his, in, his minutes, out to like 36. Every 36 minutes, he's scoring like 24 points, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, so really good numbers, really good, good solid scoring coming off the bench. Uh, you know, the kind of guy you want, he uh, brings him a lot of energy. Uh, you know, he's always having a good time out there playing. Uh, he's the kind of guy you want in the locker room. And he's, a, you know, the kind of guy you want to come off the bench. He knows his role uh, as, a, as a backup. And, you know, he's going to go out there and do the best thing, do the best for you. Uh, he can give you 20 points uh, on a night if you need it. So uh, that's the reason I went with him.
1: Here I'll help you out a little bit. I got his stats pulled up. He's averaging about twelve points a game, five rebounds, shooting fifty percent from the field, which is great
0: yeah yeah <laughs> his, a- yeah shoot he was he was another one i you know kind of under the radar I considered for most improved player because of uh you know because of how well he's he's played this year and especially how his shooting uh has been He kind of went from a guy who was uh you know a big man uh uh, you know, didn't do a whole lot of scoring. team now, he you know he's a guy who's shooting the ball very well, uh, and uh, so just uh, just has been really good for him off the bench.
1: I agree. I I don't think that's a bad pick. Obviously, he kind of um, he's been on quite a bit of teams, and for some reason he can never seem to last. I don't know why. I think he's a phenomenal player. Um, hmm. he 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 kind of really. Because even last season, you know, you didn't really hear too much from him. This season he came, uh, I think he started a few games is what what it was, uh, right. when Andrew Boga, I think it was, or David Lee, one of those two guys were out. And uh, it, it eventually got him more minutes coming off the bench. After he, he scored, I think one game he scored 27 points. So right. yeah. he can score the ball, he can rebound. Uh, not to mention uh, he's shooting 82% from the free throw line. So uh, all good numbers, not a bad pick at all. Um, So you went with Maurice Spates. I went with Lou Williams. Two great picks, I think. Um, Next, let's go with the NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, For me, kind of an easy pick for me, uh, DeAndre Jordan from the Clippers. 11 points a game, 14 rebounds, 2 blocks. Um, Unfortunately, he sucks at shooting free throws. But I think he took like 38 – or not 38, 28 free-throw shots. Uh, I think it was Thursday against the Spurs. Um, they they do that hack-a-shack with him now, uh, right. which <laughs> it's really been getting him a lot of points though because if you look, he can even be a case for the uh, most improved player too because last season and in years past, he was not really known as a scorer. Uh, this season he's been scoring uh, – over 20 points a game. He's had multiple 20 rebound games. Uh, I think this like, uh, two weeks ago or so he had 27 or 28 rebounds in the game. Um, so he, to me, he's always been one of the top defensive players in the league. Um, but this season, he's just taking it to a whole nother level. Uh, 14 rebounds a game is insane. Um, so for me, there was no doubt it was going to be Deandre. Um, but if I had to go with the runner up, I would say Draymond Green from uh, Golden State. Um but unfortunately for him, DeAndre Jordan just edged him out by just a little bit.
0: Yeah, uh DeAndre Jordan's a good pick. Uh, uh great players and playing very well this year. Uh I actually went with Draymond Green. Uh, so it's funny you should bring him up. Uh <laughs> he was he was my pick for uh for defensive player of the year. Uh and the the Warriors, uh Really have have been the best uh, defensive team in the league so far this season, uh, and he's been their best defensive player. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's uh, he's versatile enough to play, you know, just about anywhere on the floor. You can you can stick him anywhere, and you can put him on anybody, uh, and he can guard just about anybody in the league. Uh, you know, from your uh, LeBron James to your uh, Kevin Durant and all those guys. Uh, he's durable. Uh, he's a reliable player, uh, and he you know he's just the kind of guy you. you you can see it. He hates to let the other team score on him, uh, you know, and that's what you want in your, in your defensive players. You know, you want the guy that's going to go out there and, that, you know, stop stop you at all costs. Uh, and so I think that, and, and coupled with his, just with his versatility, uh, you know, the fact that he can play anywhere and he can basically guard just about anybody uh, in the game, uh, you know, makes him a, a huge asset uh, to the Warriors. And one of the reasons that they are one of the best defensive teams, uh, the best defensive team in the league. Uh, so that's why I went with Draymond Green as my pick for the defensive player of the year.
1: Another great pick. I mean, he, like I said, he was just barely edged out by DeAndre. Um, like you said, he, he's the guy that he hates to see the other team score. Um, and he's another guy, too, that could have been the uh, most improved player. I think he's, he's mm-hmm. had a great season scoring the ball, passing the ball, um, rebounding, everything. He's, he pretty much can do anything that you want him to. Uh, so a great player. Um, and the Warriors are at the top of the league right now, so uh, they're obviously yeah. Come right.
0: Yeah, like I said, I've already picked a couple of them, and, and there are a couple other awards that uh, that I that I pretty pretty darn nearly uh, picked some some more years to win. So uh, they're definitely having them. so it's a fantastic season just all around.
1: Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. I think they're forty four and nine or something close to that. Uh, Which is insane. Uh, Yeah. So great season for them. Great. They got a. Their whole team is full of uh, potential stars. So, um. Anyways, NBA Rookie of the Year. Kind of an easy pick. Um, I don't think it would have been as easy if uh, Jabari Parker didn't go out with uh, that terrible ACL injury. That seems to get so many players, and just. Messes up the entire season for their team. Um, but Andrew Wiggins, for me, is obviously is uh, the rookie of the year so far. Um, he's averaging 15 points, four rebounds, one steal. Uh, kind of a guy that had a slow start. He kind of really didn't start picking up his game till about maybe two or three months ago. Um, or wait a minute. Are we in February? Yeah, that's right. I'd say about a, two months ago or so, I lost track of time, man. God, I'm telling But he, in other words, he wasn't playing at this level the entire season. It took him quite a while, um, but I think he's really found his role on Minnesota. Um, and now now that you have a a, a veteran leader in uh, Kevin Garnett on this team, I think it's really going to help him grow as a player. Um, so I, I think – there's no doubt that it's Wiggins. At least so far, I don't really see anybody taking that uh, away from him this year. Uh, but I think Jabari Parker would have really given him a run for his money if he was healthy. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely my pick for uh, Rookie of the Year.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, like you said, this this one's basically a no-brainer, uh, uh, and it's kind of unfortunate uh, why uh, you know so many of the guys in the rookie class that have been hurt. Uh, for such you know big chunks in the season uh so far, so you kind of have to give it to to Wiggins by default um, you know, not saying that he's not a not a good player, he has been the bright spot uh on the Minnesota team that just hasn't been very good. I think they've won uh twelve games so far this season, so uh hanging out right there at the bottom of the, the bottom of the standings uh, but yeah, like you mentioned uh you know he's he's been playing well, especially as of late. Uh, I think he really got going in January. I think he was he was averaging close to 21 points a game uh, in the month of January. So uh, he's definitely been uh, been stepping his game up as of late. He's has made it made it really easy. Earlier in the season, you might have been able to make a case for just a couple other guys, but he's really kind of stepping stepping up and walking away with it right now. Uh, uh, and you can also mention that he was the MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge as well. So you can add that to his. Uh, to his resume, uh, and probably probably will be adding another few years here year at the end of the season once we get there.
1: Yeah, he's a. I, I think he's a really special player. I just think it's going to take another year or two to really, um, for him to really come out of that shell of. Really, he's still trying to find his spot on this team, even though he is the pretty much he is the star of the team, um, right. but I think another year or two he'll really be. I mean, even Kobe Bryant said that he actually reminds him of himself when he was, uh, you know, in the early 2000s when he was winning all those championships. So uh, he thinks that they have two similar play styles, which uh, there's been a lot of people that have said that uh, Wiggins is could be a future superstar in this league. So um, he's really picked it up as of late. Uh, I don't expect him to slow down anytime soon. Um but for now I, I don't think there's any competition for this award. Um so uh moving on now, we're gonna go to the NBA coach of the year. Uh for me this was an easy pick. Um I had to go with Mike Budenholzer from Atlanta. Uh the Hawks are forty three and twelve this year compared to last season where they finished at thirty eight and forty four. Uh so they had more losses than they had wins. Uh this season they're at the top of the East. And uh, looking to be one of the tougher teams to beat come playoff time. So uh, for me, this was an easy pick. Um, and like I said, forty three and twelve on the season compared to last season, they went thirty eight and forty four. So you can't really ask for much more improvement than that.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's very impressive. Here we are uh, talking about our mid season awards, uh, and they've already won more games than they did all of last season. So uh, you know, definitely definitely a great job that he's doing there. This is uh, his second season, so. Uh, you know, he had him in the playoffs as an eight seed last year. Uh, looks like he's going to direct him to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference uh, this year. So I, I went with uh, with Budenholzer as the uh, as my coach of the year as well. Uh, I, I think I remember a couple of weeks ago in our in our last show, I I talked him up a lot and how he was a disciple of, of uh, Pop there in, uh, in San Antonio and how he's got the Atlanta Hawks playing great great team basketball. And I think a lot you know, a lot of that has to do with with the coach, uh, it starts later and then it trickles down throughout the rest of the team. Uh, so they're really in a good spot to make a to make a run. that has has a lot to do with him. We uh, also have to give props to, uh, to Steve Kerr and what he's doing. Uh, you know, in his rookie season as a as a head coach, uh, you know, you don't always see the rookie head coach having such a such a great season. But man, what he's doing uh, with that team is is good. Uh, but he had a lot of talent going in, and uh, you know. A, uh and but the cost to him for, for what he's done. Uh but you know, I'm with you. these holes are just uh, just a little bit a little bit higher uh, in my esteem right now. So uh that has been his uh coach of the year at least in the midway point of the season so far.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking about going with Steve Kerr, but if you think about it, I still don't give him full credit for what the team has done. I think a lot of what uh that team has done is because of what Mark Jackson did. Because
2: um, right. when he was
1: head head coach, that's when they started improving.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So now you, you – I don't even – I still to this day do not know why they would fire Mark Jackson. Um, but Steve Kerr, I mean, you got to give him a little bit of credit, but I still think that has, already has their foundation built on how they play. They, you know, to me, Mark Jackson built his team. And Steve right, Kerr just right. came in and, and took it over. That's all I can really say. Um, so that's that's why Steve Kerr really, you know, I couldn't go with him.
0: No, well, that's why I had him. I had him as number two as well because uh, you know, like I said, the fingerprints of of Budenholzer are all over his team, and he's really done done all the work with them. And uh, you know, Kerr's done a great job so far. But like you said, a lot of it's what you know, what he was given uh, uh, when he took over. Uh, you know, it's, it's similar to. Uh, Uh, George Seifert taking the 49ers from Bill Walsh and winning a championship, or or Barry Switzer taking the Cowboys from uh, Jimmy Johnson and and winning a championship there. Uh, So, uh, you know, not to to knock him or anything, but that's that's why I had him uh, as number two and Budenholzer as number one.
1: Yeah, to me, I mean, I totally agree. Um, So, Mike Budenholzer, definitely, he should win it, um, you know, as far as, I
2: think
1: yeah. yeah, I mean, unless they have a, a huge collapse, which I don't really right. see happening, but uh, the NBA is a funny game, man. You just don't know.
0: Um, no, you're right. You never do that.
1: Um, and Finally, NBA MVP. To me, this is my favorite award. Uh, Kevin Durant obviously won it last year. Um, he's not even in the race this year. He's been out way too much uh, with mm. injury. Um, there was a couple guys on my list that I wanted to go with. One of them was Steph Curry, uh, but I actually ultimately went with James Harden. I think this, this, if you look at his stats this season, even last season, but this season more, he's, you know, with Dwight Howard missing so many games, um, and they don't really have a true point guard. They don't have a true small forward. They don't have really much of anything. So he is the star of the team with Howard out, and uh, Howard's been out, most of the season uh so he's really had to step up his game he's averaging 27 points 7 assists 6 rebounds 2 steals um and the Houston Rockets are 36 and 18 so far um, this guy can get you a triple double every game um, he can score over 40 points every game um and this guy to me is a true superstar um and for me he just edged out curry by just a little bit um kind of like my uh, my defensive player of the year. It was a very close race, but at the end I had to go with Harden because of his stats. I mean, they are just completely crazy stats. Um, so, yeah, for me, almost averaging 30 points a game, seven assists, six rebounds, uh, that's almost a triple-double he's averaging. So uh, it's kind of hard not to pick him, but I'm, I'm curious to hear who your pick is.
0: Well, I'm with you. This was a hard. This was probably the toughest one for me. Um, And I I was juggling the same two guys, Curry uh, and Harden. Um, And you know, just it's just a such a tough pick. The numbers for both guys have been great. Both teams are playing uh, incredibly well. Uh, Have themselves positioned good for for playoff runs. Uh, In the end, uh, I I had to pick uh, James Harden as well um, for the MVP. and uh, a lot of what I've been reading online, I, I don't think he's the, the popular pick as much as, as Steph Curry is. I think Curry's getting a lot more love than James Harden is. But I think Harden means a, a lot more to his team. Uh, you mentioned the time that Dwight Howard's been out uh, and just uh, how Harden's kind of had to carry that team on his back. Uh, and what he's done is just uh, – it's, it's been phenomenal. Um, and, you know, you kind of have to have to ask yourself, you know, if it, it's the most valuable player who's more valuable to their team, if he Uh, Take Steph Curry off of uh, the Golden State Warriors are they still a playoff team? Uh, Yeah, probably they are. Uh, They still have a lot of talent around, uh, and they wouldn't be as good as they are, but they probably would be. Uh, Take James Harden off the Rockets this year, and are they a playoff team? Probably not. Uh, You know, uh, Dwight Howard's missed missed a lot of time. That's the that's the next best guy on the team there, and like you said, there's not a there's not a whole lot else uh, there as far as uh, you know superstar power. So uh, I just think Harden means more uh, to the Rockets. He, he's, uh now you mentioned the numbers, 27 points a game, six rebounds, uh, seven assists, averaging uh, 37 minutes a game. Uh, so the guy's just doing everything for them. Uh, and I think he's a big reason that they're in the spot that they are right now uh, and have a chance to make a pretty good run into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I have to really agree with you as far as, you know, if Curry wasn't on Golden State, would they be a playoff team? I think they would. Um, because you have Clay Thompson, who was, along with Curry, one of the best shooters in the league, um, but you also have, you know, this, a ton of depth. This team is so deep. But if you look at Houston, they're not really that deep of a team other than their starting five. Um, mm-hmm. And Harden, and, and you know, you got to really think, Oklahoma City's probably really kicking themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Right
2: yeah. <laughs> no doubt.
1: But, and, and, you know, if you really look at it, Oklahoma City got Kevin Martin, who isn't even on the team anymore. Huh. So they really ended up not getting anything from that trade. Um, and now if, when you look at Harden, you see this a pure superstar. Um, I, I just, another one of those things where you kind of look back and think, where would Harden be if he was still on Oklahoma? Because he was coming off the bench. He was their sixth man. So where would he be if he was still on that team? I don't think he would be anywhere close to the MVP discussion. So, right. Um, but it is good that we agreed because Curry, to me, is having a, a phenomenal season, but I don't think he's more deserving than James Harden is. Uh, James yeah, Harden no, uh, is the reason that that team is winning.
0: Yeah, now Curry Curry's been great, uh, and you mentioned Clay Thompson. Actually, I've seen some people who who think that Clay Thompson deserves some uh, some recognition for MVP. Uh, so yeah. you know, you you kind of have to say, you know, if, if a team has two MVP uh, candidates on it, uh, you know, can one of them really be the MVP? Uh, <laughs> you know, right. and then you got a guy like James Harden, he's kind of carrying Houston on his back uh, for most of the season. So yeah, that's that's why I went with him. I you know, I kind of took that idea of who means more to their team and, and who would be missed more if he wasn't there.
2: Uh, um, and Harden is the
1: guy. Yeah, it's, you know, two, and, and you can't forget uh, LeBron either. He's always in there in the discussion. Oh, yeah. but yeah, nice. I, I just don't think he's had, you know, quite as good of a season as he, he had in Miami. or Because uh, if you look now, this team is really clicking, this, mm-hmm. this Cleveland team. He doesn't need to carry much of the load. And honestly, if, if I had this list, Three guys that I think um, were in the race as far as who can really, really win it, I'd have to say James Harden, uh, LeBron, and Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving's in the running, too. This guy has had a 55-point game. Um, he's a great shooter. He's been scoring just out of his mind. I think he is a not obviously a guy that's going to win it, but he is I, – I think there's no way you can't have him, at least in the discussion. He's had a great season, even with LeBron on the team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I I think those are my three guys that I would have to go with as far as really in the discussion. So um, anyways, that pretty much does it for the NBA portion of this. we got about two minutes left, and I wanted to discuss one thing from the NFL um, – Rolando McLean is suspended four games for violating a stu- substance abuse policy. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Because obviously he had a great season, but now it's kind of the, people are looking at it as, oh, well, he was using drugs. So, I mean, what, what's your opinion on that?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's
0: tough. Um, because like you said, the the way that uh, that he played this season for the Cowboys Uh, was really good and uh, you know it's just tough to see something like this happen Uh, you
2: know it's I don't know it's disappointing it's disappointing Um, it's uh, you hate to see it
0: Uh, it's you know not going to affect his I believe his playing status Uh, at least for now I think another uh failed test he would be facing that a suspension. Uh, right now he's just he's just facing a fine. Um but the, you know there's just so much about this guy and you had the uh his house burning down uh in the playoffs and then ended up getting ruled as arson and I know there was some suspicion around there that it was maybe some kind of insurance fraud and he had something to do with it. Uh you know, and now you've got uh, failing drug tests and and all that stuff. Uh that's really uh you know it's tough. You you want to support the guy. You want to stand behind him, but you you know you kind of wonder how how long can you do that. Uh, you know what right. that, uh, what kind of character does does the guy have, and uh, uh, you know hopefully he he doesn't turn out to be more trouble than he's worth. Huh? But it's starting to look like that. You know that might be the case. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm disappointed. Disappointed in my, uh, you know hopefully uh, he can clean himself up and 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 uh, you know contribute to the team next year. Because uh, what he did on the field was great, uh, you know. But he, you know, it's hard to separate that from what, what guys do off the field. Uh,
2: that's just really tough to see.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I'm disappointed, but you know, it happens. I mean, you've seen some of the best players in in the game fail drug tests, and it's just something that you know stupid mistakes. Um, but it is disappointing because you saw how great of a season that he had. He was in the running for comeback player of the year so to see him fail this drug test and now he has to miss four games uh that's definitely a a big blow but um no at least it's not the whole season i mean it's only four games um sean lee's going to be back so it's not really a that big of a deal um so uh but anyways uh that's pretty much going to wrap wrap it up for today um We will be better next week. I mean, Dave lost his notes. I was kind of under the weather. Um, It's a tough day, but I think we still got through pretty well. And uh, we'll be back. Let's see. When will we be back? We'll be back March 7th, Saturday, March 7th. So um, that's pretty much it for us. Like I said, uh, we're going to have pictures of our – our NBA mid Awards posted up on our Twitter probably in about an hour or two. Uh, so, uh, Dave, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Um had a blast. And I uh, yeah. look forward to talking to you on the 7th.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, it was great, as usual. Uh, sorry for losing the notes. Uh, I actually, <laughs> actually got a hold of them about halfway through there, so I think I finished up a little bit better than what I started out with. So. <laughs> <laughs> little bit better by that uh, you know these things happen that's uh that's live radio for you so what are you gonna do uh yeah. but yeah as I always had, had a good time good time talking uh talking some sports and uh and hopefully uh we'll have some some really good stuff to talk about when we come come back in two weeks it uh, should be a lot of fun Looking forward to
1: it all right man you take it easy all right
0: yeah you
2: too man talk to you soon
1: all righty